in the backwoods of America. We have climbed the highest mountains, searched the densest forest, dragged the swamps, and scoured the prairies to find our leader, retired U.S. Marine gunny, Bud Cornwell. U.S. Capitol on January 6th has been followed by widespread censorship and deplatforming of Americans, including President Trump, with the professed goal of preventing violence. James Lindsay, author of the bestseller Cynical Theories, argues the Capitol breach has been used to implement a major power grab. So now we have the attempt to apply Leninism to the American context using corporations as part of the, the tool set. This is the, quote, woke movement in action, Lindsay argues. Again, the idea is that you have some enlightened party of people who understand the problem of the proletariat better than the proletariat does and is going to shepherd them through the revolution. The ideology involves an inverted morality, he says, allowing it to apply double standards when it comes to political violence. If you say Black Lives Matter shouldn't burn down buildings, they can argue you are actually serving violence by trying to uphold the status quo. In Welcome back, Patriots. This is the Patriot Cause. Thank you so much for listening to the podcast. Got a big show for you tonight, and I want to bring to you totalitarianism. What is totalitarianism? Because the left has already gone in that direction. Spend a little bit of time understanding what is actually going on. This is not new. It has happened throughout time, and like usual, Things go in cycles, and we're in this cycle. Senator Rand Paul is drilled by ABC's George Stephanopoulos. You got to hear this. It will give you a better understanding of what totalitarianism actually is and why it's here with us. Last but not least, instead of having a bonehead award, I'm going to present to you a very good story, a great story of love between two individuals. This is amazing that in the times that we have that we can actually look out and see people that are loving towards each other in the times of darkness. And I got a great story for you tonight, so stand by. So what is totalitarianism? Is a concept for a form of government or political system that prohibits opposition parties, restricts individual opposition to the state and its claims, and exercises an extremely high degree of control over public and private life. It is regarded as the most extreme and complete form of authoritarianism. In totalitarian states, 
political power has often been held by autocrats who employ all-encompassing campaigns in which propaganda is broadcast by the state-controlled media. Unless you're just a dead person, <laughs> you can realize this is going on today. Propaganda is broadcast by state-controlled media. The media is throwing totalitarianism down your throat, and most people in this country don't even realize it. So let me give you an example of what happened in 1933. This is from the American conservative Ron Drewer on January 8th of 2017. So a lot of these people talked about this way ahead of time with what's going on. In 1933, shortly after Adolf Hitler took power, a Dutch communist allegedly started a fire in the German Reichstag building. Hitler used this act as a pretext to begin seizing dictatorial powers. The term Reichstag fire is popular culture refers to an event, possibly a false flag. Historians can't agree on whether or not the rest of the fire was started by a lone communist, a communist acting with others, or was a false flag by the Nazis that served as a pretext for repression. This is how the Tatarian leftists are using the capital, quote, riots. They're saying this event is the same as what happened in 1933. And they're using this to gain the power as a totalitarian state. Totalitarian state. They're gaining this power over you because of a single event. They have bucketed every single conservatives in this country into this bucket. And they will do nothing to stop persecuting you as a conservative. Fortunately, they're not Hitler. Fortunately, they're in America with a constitution. And hopefully, we can still preserve the republic and prevent this from happening like it did in 1933. Couldn't you imagine? If this, quote, president that we have today becomes the dictator of America and circumvents and eliminates the Constitution, this is what we're talking about as it refers to Tatarian governments, people that have control over everything. So take a good listen to this video clip that I'm going to play. Maybe it can help you understand exactly what is going on in America today? And then I see I see woke in the not just because of the obvious parallels, the, the behaviors, the, the patterns, but also because its historical and philosophical antecedents are identical. They come from the same literature. They come from the same lines of thought. They come from the same uh, attempts to apply these ideas to a different context. And so now we have the attempt to apply Leninism to the American context using corporations as part of the, the tool set, for example, 
And so we call this movement the woke movement now. We talk about woke capital with all the corporations. And so we see, I said that the woke movement is Leninism 4.0. And so that's the context in which we were having our, our conversation to understand that this is, again, the idea is that you have some enlightened party of people who are probably part of what Marx would have identified as the bourgeoisie, who understand the problem of the proletariat better than the proletariat does and is going to shepherd them through the revolution that they need to have that's for the greater good or in their best interest or toward the right side of history. If you kind of, depending on how you want to frame the, the, the wording, depending on which context we're in. And I see that parallel is very frightening. And then I see the events that have unfolded since the fourth um, particularly, we see, you know, the event at the Capitol. We can talk as much as you want or as little as you want about what happened at the Capitol. I don't think we know what happened at the Capitol clearly yet, and a lot of people have their opinions. Um, but we do know how it's being used. And I think the most accurate description I've read of it was that it's like the Reichstag fire from Germany, but reverse. Right. So the, it, it's very likely that the Reichstag fire was right. I can't say German words. Stag fire was uh, set by the Nazis. In this case, I'm not trying to allege that this was a false flag event at the at the Capitol. It's likely that people believing themselves to be patriots got out of control and stormed the Capitol. And so it's kind of reverse. But what happened in the wake of that fire? was that the Nazis used that to start clamping down on their political enemies as they had just enough political power to do so. And we see that already with the tech companies and we see that already with the Democratic Party trying to put people on no-fly lists, trying to create something like a Patriot Act 2.0, labeling everybody involved, everybody who supported them as uh, the people at the Capitol, I mean, as domestic terrorists, calling for the resignations or removal of um, not just the president via impeachment, but Congress people and senators who supported the idea that the election may have been tampered with or fraudulent. James Lindsay is the person that you're listening to that describes what is going on and is exactly what happened when Hitler became in charge or became the chancellor of Germany. He took out any opposition to his authority in that country. This is exact opposite of democracy. Exact opposite of the Constitution of the United States. So you can see that they're controlling the mass media. They're controlling what is happening in America. And it is a travesty for the majority of these the, the people in this country. And I guarantee you, many, many people that voted for this person to be president are disheartened today because of the mass media going into that election where they drowned out all the evidence of the corruption of these politicians before the election. 17% of Democrats that elected this individual regret they did not have this information before they went into the election process. And thus, if they had it, even with the results that we have today, 
Biden would not be president. This is exactly what happened in Hitler's day. He didn't allow anyone to protest his authority or grant of authority in his country. Which brings me to what is happening today. After the events, after this president becomes, quote, inaugurated, now the media is going after everybody, including our representatives and senators in America. Rand Paul is drilled by this ABC useless person called George Snephanophagus trying to get him to go along with the narrative that the media is throwing down your throat. And this is from the Dan Bongino show that I got this information from. You can check out Don Bongino. He's great. He does good, good media coverage and the truth about what's going on. But take a listen to how they drill our U.S. Senator Rand Paul. Well, 75% of Republicans agree with you because they were fed a big lie by President Trump and his supporters who say the election was stolen. Why can't you say Well, I think where President you make, Biden I think, won a I think where you make a mistake and uh, Hey George, George. George, where you make a mistake is that people coming from the liberal side like you, you immediately say everything's a lie instead of saying there are two sides to everything. Historically, what would happen is if I said that I thought there was fraud, you would interview someone else who said there wasn't. But now you insert yourself in the middle and say the absolute well, fact is that everything I'm saying is a lie. Well, because, but I say Senator, I said what the president fact, said was a lie because he to. said, hold we're on a second. To. He said the election was stolen. This election was not stolen. This The results were certified in every You're single state. You're saying, after counts you're, saying, and recounts. you're saying that absolutely it was you're saying there was no fraud and it's all been investigated. And that's just not true. So it's not what I said, sir. I said the Department of Justice found that, no that, evidence. Let, let me finish, finish my point. You, say you said lie. something that was you, not true. You say we're all liars. You're just simply saying we're all liars. And I said it was a lie that the election was stolen. Premise that you're right and we're wrong. Well, let, no, well, let's let's talk about the specifics of it. In Wisconsin, tens of thousands of absentee votes had only the name on them and no address. Historically, those were thrown out. This time they weren't. They made special accommodations because they said, oh, it's a pandemic and people forgot what their address was. So they changed the law after the fact. That is wrong. That's unconstitutional. And I plan on spending the next two years going around state to state and fixing these problems. And I won't be cowed by liberals in the media who say there's no evidence here and you're a liar if you talk about election fraud no let's have an open debate it's a free country i i thought that's i thought that's what we did here in the united states i thought we were allowed to do that i thought we were allowed and permitted by you know things like the bill of rights god-given big r uh big r god-given rights i thought we were allowed to ask questions we're, we're not we're, we're not anymore why is why is the left gone full totalitarian? I want to say, I want to say to the leftists and the people in the media trying to silence open debate. Um, you really do disgust me. I think I've been fair about this from the start. I don't have evidence to show you number wise that I can conclusively prove this election was stolen in 2020. I don't. I don't think I've ever said that. I'm actually pretty crystal clear. No, I don't have that evidence. However, I do have evidence that there were a lot of abnormalities in 2020, which are making a lot of sane, rational Americans question a lot of things about our elections. Why are you so eager to silence everyone? I don't understand the beach ball under the water. Why are you pushing the beach ball under the water so hard? 
Is Rand Paul not bringing up legitimate questions? Constitutional processes? Absentee ballots where processes were changed in the last minute, which made a lot of Americans question what happened in very specific districts? Why is George Stephanopoulos so eager to call everybody a liar? As you can see, this is what these people do. They are right and we are wrong. But in this country, we debate the facts and the facts determine the truth. From now until whenever, it will never stop. The, if you think for a second what the media did to President Trump, was deplorable, stand by. You're going to see things and episodes that are going to shock the hell out of you because now they have power. Now they have in their little peon minds what they think the ability to control you every single day. And some people in this country are going to convert to the crap that comes out of this media because this is how people are. The regime is going to shepherd you through a narrative of lies. They will never, ever bring to you the truth. The mainstream media will never, ever allowed discussion again. They'll bring on these people so that they can bash them on the TV over and over again. And it's never going to stop until we, the people, under the Constitution, stand up. If you have not sent a letter to every single state, federal, local representative on your concerns about the administration and the liberties that you're losing every single day, I urge you to do that. At least do that. At least write a letter. And when their mailboxes get so full, they're going to realize if they don't act, against this federal government, against this regime, then we take them out. And we find somebody with a heart of a constitution to be put in their place in Congress and the Senate and the state legislation. This is how we get our country back. Hell with the media. Hell with arguing with them. Just do something. And hopefully, the people can come back into a constitution government and refuse to listen to this media. I don't listen to any of them. I don't watch any news, any of that stuff. I'm not on Facebook. I'm not on Twitter. Anywhere like that. Because I know the truth is in the constitution and the truth is getting your word out there and telling people, it's time for you to shut them down. It's time for you to stop spending your money and feeding the big tech. 
you put it in place where you hurt their pocket, they'll get the point. And hopefully, hopefully, we can reserve this republic that is called the United States. So let's go to a very good story. I want to end this podcast with a story about a World War II veteran and his bride of 72 years. This is in England. The story I'm going to tell you is in England. Not in the United States, but in England, where they're already steps ahead of us in this regime of totalitarianism and Marxist ideas. And this is from the Epic Times, and you can check it out in the show notes. And this, I'm going to read part of the article, but you can read the full one there. Photos of an elderly couple who fell in love 72 years ago have gone viral for their testament to universal message. True love transcends time. London-based photographer Sujata Seta met World War II veterans Mel Hughes, 95, and his wife Vera, 90, running a photo photography masterclass in Wales in the United Kingdom. The Hugheses married on March 29th of 1952. The couple's daughter, 31-year-old Laura Awanski, told the Epic Times that they met a few years after the war. That's World War II. My granddad was working as a plumber, and he was called out to the veterinarian practice where Nan worked, Laura said. Laura, who lives near Mel and Burra in the town of Albergavry, South Wales, called the opportunity to see her grandparents love immortalized by Sujatsa as an absolute privilege. Sujatsa is the photo person that's taking pictures of it. In her own words, she said, it was love at first sight. I knew I wanted to be mine, and look where we are now, says Laura. Mel is a World War II veteran, having served alongside the Royal Engineers between 1943 and 1947. So let's fast forward to 2020, Laura says. Despite the COVID restrictions, nothing would stop Mel from paying his respect at Armistice Day. He is a proud medal winner in the war and will always remember the fallen with a salute every year at every opportunity. As for my granddad, he is a man of few words, Laura says, but it is crystal clear how absolutely devoted he is to Nan. Actions more than words. At 90 and 95 years old, the Hughes are still very involved in family and community. Laura's two-year-old son, Miles, is the apple of the grandparents' eyes and was even born on Vera's birthday. Miles calls his grandpa Gaga, just like Laura did when she was a child. The Hugheses have struggled during the UK lockdown missing contact with family and their volunteering roles at a local theater. But Laura says the stoic pair are simply taking each day as it comes. Their best advice has always been never to give up on your partner. 
They inspire me every day. I just feel so privileged to be their granddaughter, Laura expressed. They are not just the elderly couple. They are two antique young people in love. True love for me is companionship. Love is not so much in the words as is in the deeds, Subjecta said. This is amazing. This is the truth, the love of individuals. And I guarantee you that this 95-year-old veteran loves his country. He fought for that country. And he feels the same way you do today. That what he has done to save the world, to save democracy, is being trampled on every single day. But this is a great love story. I love it. It's one of the best stories I've read in my life. That individuals understand what the truth is. We must never stop in our lives in telling people the truth. That human beings are loving and kind and can be equal in the eyes of God. But you will never, ever be equal in the eyes of a government. Ever. It doesn't matter what government we have. We must fight for liberty and rights. To be equal as people, not subjugated to groups, to be put in buckets. But all people are equal in the Constitution of the United States. And never, ever let the politicians tell you anything different. Stand up, show up, speak up, write your congressmen, write your legislators. Let them know your voice because you're surely not going to be able to get on CNN. Of the free life is still yet to come. 